It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We are so grateful that you've joined us. And uh, so you may be seated. We're going to jump right into it. I'm going to be watching my, my time here. Uh, we want to honor your time. And uh, we just thank God for that move. We thank God for his presence. And we just thank you for making time to be here this morning. I know, uh, I know Christmas is around the corner. And so the stress is magnified 10 times. But that's okay. You'll get through it. And so this morning, I want to do something a little different. Uh, I want to just invite you to the living room. So relax, feel comfortable, not too comfortable, but just enough, just with a little bit of respect, right? You're still in the house of the Lord, but get comfortable. Uh, and so there, we're going to just, I don't know about you, but I, 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 it, it, it kind of, I, I don't like when it's completely quiet. And so somewhere around the house, there's always some music playing in the background. Just even if we're not having a conversation, even if I'm watching TV, I still want a little bit of music. And so this morning, we're going to uh, play a little bit of music in the background. Uh, and again, it's just uh, we get to tell this Christmas story to you this morning, uh, hopefully in a different way. And it's one of those stories where you hear every day, every year, rather. Uh, and so our job as communicators is to try to present it in a new way you've never heard it before. And that's almost impossible uh, because there's some stories that don't need all the fluff because the core story is, is, is it's, it's all on its own. It stands on its own all by itself. And so we just want to this morning, hopefully share something uh, to you that will speak to you this morning and encourage you. And Pastor John was almost stepping on my on the message this morning. And so I, that's a God thing. And so we're, we're grateful for that. And so if you go with me to Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two, I'm going to be reading uh, verses one through five. Luke chapter two, verses one through five. And it reads like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Verse 2, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Verse 3, and everyone went to their own town to register. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Verse 5, he went there to register with Mary. He was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And so for them to go from Galilee to Bethlehem, that is in Judea, they would have had to have gone through Jerusalem. Okay? And so the journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem is a distance of approximately six miles. And our subject this morning is just that. Or our, our reading this morning is six miles to Christmas. Six miles to a miracle. So for them to go to, well, to Bethlehem, they would have traveled through Jerusalem. And the distance between Jerusalem to Bethlehem is approximately six miles. Six miles to Christmas, six miles to a miracle. And so the favorite time of year is upon us. And I love the sights and sounds that this, this time of year brings. I'm all for the gathering, the foods, right? The friendship, the gift exchanges, the memories, the smell of hot chocolate. Come on, somebody. Tamales, freshly baked cookies. I'm all for the ugly sweater Christmas parties and pictures with a nice Christmas setup. But the message of Christmas is that God comes to the weak and the vulnerable. And this is precisely the message that we so often miss. See, God does not come to the part of us that swaggers through life, confident in our self-sufficiency. But God leaves his treasure in, in the broken, fragmented places of our life. God comes to us in those rare moments when we are able to transcend our own selfishness long enough to really care about another human being. And if you've ever read the Christmas story, the one in the Bible, you'll, you'll quickly see that 
that the miraculous birth of Jesus was nothing short of a scandal. The event itself was a scandal. The people involved were scandalous. And, and the story is a the storyline is a perfect Hollywood script for a movie. But not just a movie, maybe a TV show. I mean, I can see, I can easily see the circumstances, right? That is the virgin birth, some angel appearing to a young girl named Mary and tell her that her life is about to change. That she's about to be part of history that would change the course of humanity. And Joseph, who is in love with Mary, that he has already proposed to her and he's already planning uh, and preparing a place for her and hasn't even touched her, is taken by surprise when she breaks the news that she is with child. See, I can see it in my mind. Mary and Joseph on the Mari show. And, and Mary has some news for Joseph. And Joseph has no idea why he's been invited to be on the show. And Mary tells Mari that an angel appeared to her and, and said that she had found favor in the eyes of God and that the spirit would overshadow her and she would be with child. But, but wait, there's more. The, and the way she would be with child would be through the Holy Spirit and the audience gasp. <gasps> but wait, there's more. The angel not only tells her that she's going to be pregnant, but he doesn't even wait for the gender reveal surprise party to reveal whether it's a boy or girl because the angel says, oh, Mary, by the way, it's a, it's a boy. But wait, there's more because the angel doesn't even give Mary, who would be the one carrying the child for nine months, Mary, the one who would have to go through morning sicknesses, Mary, who would have all these weird cravings like Taco Bell at midnight, talk to me, somebody, Mary, who would be on an emotional roller coaster ride, cry uncontrollably one minute and the next morning laugh uncontrollably. Mary wasn't even given the chance to name the baby boy because the angel tells her all the details and his name shall be Jesus, his name shall be Emmanuel. Then comes a the moment we've all been waiting for. The lie detector results are in. And when it comes to eight pounds, six ounces, baby boy, Jesus, Joseph, you are not the father. And the audience gasps for air. <gasps> what a heartbreaking announcement for Joseph, right? Pregnant through the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a boy. His name will be Jesus. Imagine Joseph coming over to visit Mary. And Mary says, I have something to tell you. Man, everybody knows that nothing good can come after I have something to tell you. Those words will put the fear in you like you can't imagine. It'll make your knees knock and your liver quiver. And so Mary tries to explain to him what has taken place and starts off by saying, Oh, Joseph, see what had happened was. See, poor Joseph is confused and he can't even process that information. I mean, try picturing a pregnant woman trying to tell you a story. Good luck with that. What's supposed to be a four-minute story ends up being a 24-minute story because you don't just get a verbal story or the verbal version. No, no, no. You get the animated version with hand gestures and facial expressions and details that you don't even care about. And Joseph spends the rest of the day trying to make sense of everything. Joseph can't sleep. And when he finally falls asleep, the angel of the Lord speaks to him in a dream. And the angel of the Lord explains to Joseph what is taking place and why. And Joseph, being a true gentleman, he doesn't leave Mary, but follows through with the marriage and the caring of the unborn child. The life of Jesus is a scandalous life from beginning to end. Real quick, think about his birth. It's scandalous. Think about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. It's even more scandalous. Wait, what? He was in a tomb locked with, with a rock with soldiers guarding the tomb. And an angel, one angel came and rolled the stone away. And Jesus walks out like a boss. What, what a scandal. See, most of us here love scandals. 
You don't have to raise your hand. There's something about knowing something that others don't. Amen. There's a feeling you get when you know something about them, but they don't know that you know. And you're not going to tell them that you know what they know, but they don't know that you know. I'm not repeating that. People are drawn to that kind of stuff, that kind of show. It's, it's the Christmas scandal. It's a wonderful story because Jesus doesn't come to a big city bright lights. He shows up in a small town called Bethlehem. Jesus doesn't show up in a mansion. He shows up in a manger. Jesus isn't born into an already established and stable family, but he shows up into a family that is chaotic and at the moment trying to make sense of everything that is happening. In fact, even the announcement wasn't even known to the king, but it was made known to a couple of shepherds out there in the middle of nowhere. But you must know that to be a shepherd was considered one of the lowliest occupations of that time. They were the forgotten ones. They were the rejected ones. They were the outsiders. But the Savior stepped right into a scandal. The Messiah stepped right into a world of a mess. And everything Jesus did from that point on was considered scandalous. Because his methods didn't align to tradition. Mayo number one. He is the one capable of turning the scandalous into the miraculous. Six miles to Christmas. Six miles to a miracle. And that is just some great news for us because truth be told, our lives are a bit scandalous. Amen. Can I buy an amen? I don't know if you have it all together. And if you do, praise God for that. But for the rest of us, we need all the help that we can get. Our tempers get out of control rather quickly. We would lose our sanity at the first sight of struggle. But that's not even where the scandal begins because you see this birth, this virgin birth has been prophesied many, many years ago. The first prophecy ever recorded in scripture concerning the Messiah was in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, way in the beginning. And Isaiah then gives us a little bit more details in, about this coming Messiah. And Isaiah describes the Savior to come. Pastor John read it last week. Isaiah was the prophet that got told in what town was this scandalous, miraculous birth would take place. And this man has a name. His name shall be Emmanuel, God with us. His name shall be Jesus, for he shall save the world from its sin. See, the beauty of this gospel is that Jesus, the Savior of humanity, didn't come into a perfect situation, into a perfect setting. But the fact that he came into a mess, into chaos, into a confused couple trying to make sense of this the best way they can... The fact that he came as a kid and not a king, it bids well for us because what Jesus did was come to the lonely so that he could raise us up. He came to the hopeless to fill them with hope they'd never experienced before. He came to the ones with no name to give them a name that we would remember for generations to come. He came to the confused to bring clarity. He came to the sick to bring healing. He came to the broken pieces so in turn he can turn them into masterpieces. He came to the rejected ones so that they could be accepted by him. He came to you so that you could be with him and he came to me so that I could be with him. What a scandal is God he is and why do I say that because everything he does is worth talking about for more than 2,000 years we're here talking about that baby that was born through a virgin womb he he does big things because he is a big God and if you think your life is too scandalous for Jesus let me assure you this morning that it is not
Christmas is the arrival of the Savior humanity so badly needed. It was redemption for humanity. It was a new beginning. It was, a, it was hope all wrapped up in swaddling clothes. It was the dawn of a new era. The law would take a back seat and grace would arrive on the scene with authority. Tradition would meet its match with relationship. And no longer would it be about a specific race that would enjoy the voice of the Lord. But now there is this thing called son ship and that is introduced and because of it you and I are included in this covenant through the blood of Jesus on Calvary mile number two Christmas is the comma to a death sentence that lingered over all humanity Christmas is the comma to a death sentence sentence that lingered over all humanity just when it seemed like all was lost and the verdict was final from the small town of Bethlehem Jesus has something to say where the enemy had prematurely placed a period as if to say it was the end Jesus arrives on the scene and emphatically places a comma it's not over it's not over until he says it's over. It's six miles to Christmas, six miles to a miracle. And truth is, some of you are in need of a miracle in this season, aren't you? No, I'm not talking about miracles like the winning numbers to the lotto. <laughs> I'm not talking about miracles like let my name be drawn in the next raffle on Facebook Live. No. I'm talking about miracles like like you just got diagnosis that isn't favorable and you haven't told anyone yet because you're praying that it's not true. I'm talking about miracles like a married couple of being married for more than 20 years and now you're having issues that you hadn't had before and the dreaded word of divorce has become part of your conversation and you're praying that God would step in and fix your marriage. I'm talking about miracles like you are so behind on every bill you can think of and it doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon and it's overwhelming you that you only see one way out i'm talking about miracles like you and your spouse have been praying for so long and you're ready to become parents but you still find yourself waiting for that little miracle see for many of us knowing that another year is about to end Many of us are thankful that we've made it this far, right? Everything that 2022 has thrown at us. But for many, it's also a reminder that another year is about to end and they're still waiting for their miracle. Six miles to Christmas, six miles to a miracle. It was, it was a short journey time-wise, but it seemed like an eternity for a pregnant woman riding a donkey, which by the way, isn't the smoothest ride ever. Six miles, and I wonder what, what is going on in the mind of Joseph? Like, what are the thoughts passing through his mind? Did an angel really appear to me in my dreams and explained everything? And I wonder if Joseph ever thought, this is just crazy, this is ludicrous. This is just, I can't believe this. And, and what is going on in the mind of Mary? Is this all a dream or am I really expecting or, oh, and keep in mind, Mary is a teenager around the age, uh, the age between 12 and 14. And she has the sense to understand just enough to believe that the words spoken to her are from, are from the creator of all things. Just enough to believe. 
See, some of us are struggling, trying to understand everything, trying to make sense of everything. God, I want to know the end from the beginning like you. God, I want to know what awaits me on the other side of this decision. God, I want to know what awaits me on the other side of this relationship. God, I want to know what awaits me on the other side of this career change. God, I want to know what my life will look like if I say yes to you, yes to your way, yes to your calling. But what you need to understand is just enough to believe. And this teenage girl has the sense to understand just enough to believe. And her words to the angel that told her what was going to happen are, be it so according to your word. Every step is a scenario all on its own on the six mile journey. Every step is a scenario all on its own. Every mile is a miracle marker all on its own. See, this young couple is already under scrutiny, and now they have to go back home in the night alone. And sometimes the journey to your Christmas, to your miracle, is six miles away. That each step is a scenario all on its own. That each mile is a miracle marker all on its own. That sometimes there is a return that has to be made in order to experience a miracle. That sometimes the journey to your Christmas, to your miracle, is dark and alone. And it won't be announced to the multitudes. It won't make the headlines or a top 10 list. But it will be a historic imprint that generations later will talk about. Because who would have thought that the six-mile journey that that would bring the birth of Jesus would be a life filled with betrayal, with hurt, with loss, with ridicule, with separation, and ultimately a criminal's death. And I wonder if our six-mile journey to Christmas, to our miracle, has been a journey filled with betrayal, with hurt, with loss, with ridicule, with separation. Because what would you do? What would you do if you knew ahead of time that the the Christmas, that a six miles away would include those things would you still take the journey would you still take the trip because I feel like some of us are on that journey and maybe we're on mile marker number four or maybe mile marker number five or maybe number two and we're experiencing some things and we're thinking to ourselves is this even worth it would the miracle actually be after mile marker six See, the thing about miracles that we see in Scripture is that they don't happen just to satisfy a want. Are you with me? Miracles in Scripture always serve to prove His Word is true. And sometimes the ingredients to make a miracle include betrayal, include hurt, include loss, include ridicule include separation but i can tell you from experience that the miracle is worth it and if you knew my few story if you knew my my full story you would see why i refer to zoe as my miracle six miles to christmas six miles to a miracle although a short journey time-wise felt like an eternity for someone that was expecting a miracle And sometimes your journey feels like an eternity when you're expecting a miracle, even when it is just six miles away. And I know that most of the attention in this story goes to Mary, and rightfully so. But let us not forget about Joseph. Joseph's role in this story is crucial. Mary would have had a harder time doing everything she had to do without Joseph. Joseph didn't walk away when he could have. He stayed. Joseph's words mattered to Mary. He stayed. Joseph's protection mattered to Mary and baby boy Jesus. And so he stayed. And even when the entire town made fun of their situation, he stayed. 
Some of us feel like Joseph's. That there is this miracle coming and it has nothing to do with you. But at the same time, it has everything to do with you. Because what the miracle is needing is a Joseph, someone that believes that it is possible and someone that chooses to stay. Model number three, because the miracle not only needs a vessel, but it also needs an environment to survive. Mary was the vessel, but Joseph was in charge of the environment. And if Joseph doesn't stay, the environment for the kid changes completely. And let me be clear this morning, if at some point or another, all of us here will be a Joseph to a miracle that has nothing to do with us, but at the same time, it has everything to do with us. And sometimes I think we want to be the vessel so, so wholeheartedly. We want to be the ones to be the vessel that the miracle comes through but the reality is that we'll be Joseph more than we will be a Mary just because the miracle doesn't come through you doesn't mean you don't bring value to the story you may not be the vessel it comes through but you are responsible for the environment the miracle comes to you may not be the vessel it comes through but you are responsible for the environment the miracle comes to. Adam in Genesis, Adam was the vessel, but Eden was the environment. That the days before the final creation that was humanity, God was setting the environment that could sustain the miracle that was coming. Six miles away and sometimes it's six days away. Six days of creation and I can't help but see a connection here from the Christmas story and the story we find in the book of Genesis that there was a journey that creation had to travel through in order to get to the manifestation of the miracle that was to come on the sixth day. The six days of creation was setting the stage and there is no doubt that the creation of humanity was the apex of his creation and so the first six days feels like an eternity and things are being created that have never existed before. And out of chaos, God brings clarity. The voice of God for the first time mentioned in scripture is heard. And the three words that begin it all are, let there be. It was the voice of God that brought structure into a broken world. And it was the cry of Jesus that brought hope to a broken world. What if your Christmas, your miracle is, is six days away and right now your world feels broken, your world feels chaotic, your world feels lost. And the voices you're listening to are everyone else's except the voice that can bring structure to your world. Except uh, listening uh, to everyone else's voices except the voice that can bring hope into your world. See, we're so busy listening to everyone else's playlists and everyone else's top 10 lists and everyone else's opinion that we are out of tune when it comes to hearing the voice that matters most. But you must know that this morning, you must know this morning, that creation is the incubator for miracles. Creation is the incubator for miracles. So stay with me, follow me. So in Genesis, the miracle is humanity. In Luke, the miracle is for humanity but now the miracle is in humanity in genesis the miracle is humanity in luke the miracle is for humanity but now the miracle is in humanity creation is the incubator for miracles and in case you don't know you are his creation you are an incubator for god's miracles 
And even when you feel like your Christmas, your miracle is six miles away or sometimes six days away, may we come to understand that this journey is setting the stage for the miracle to come. May we come to see that the journey is creating an atmosphere adequate to sustain the miracle that is coming. Six miles away, six days away, Christmas was the answer to a broken world. Christmas was the song the world needed to hear. Christmas was the light that darkness cried out for. Christmas was the hope that defeat tried to steal from us. Christmas was the miracle that gave my journey purpose, six miles to Christmas. My prayer for you all is that you don't let the journey, the scenery discourage you from the six miles. That the things, that things may look differently, things may be differently, things may feel different, but know that the miracle is coming. Christmas is coming to you, to your home, to your family, to your life. It is Christ here with us, Christ here now. And if your Christmas is looking bright and merry, we're happy for you. If all the presents have been wrapped up since the beginning of November and you, you all paid in full in cash, you didn't even have to use a credit card this year. You already have the Christmas meal menu selected for the, this wonderful location. To you, we all say Merry Christmas. But if Christmas is a little crazier for you this year, a little more chaotic, and maybe it's all about circumstances that you never really dreamt of. And, we're, and if we're being honest, you're really not liking this season that you're in. You know, that's true for us here today and for many of the people you know. This will be the first time somebody's spending Christmas with cancer. First Christmas with other physical battles that they're facing. First Christmas with an empty chair at a dining table. Maybe it's the first Christmas with a child and it's, a, it's wonderful and it's amazing. And for some, it will be the first Christmas without someone you loved dearly. Others, you put the tree up for the very first time as a happily married couple and there's nothing like it. Or maybe it's the first Christmas that that person told you that they didn't want to be with you anymore and they walked away. And for some kids, they understand that. One night you'll spend Christmas here and the next night you'll spend Christmas over there and the whole time you're here thinking, what about me, Jesus? And a whole bunch of other people just trying to make it through the other side. People with addictions and secrets and anxiety and, and depression and medication and even frustration and anger and bitterness. And, and maybe just a, a lot of dysfunction all around. And that is truthfully and honestly life on planet Earth. And if that's you today and you're thinking about, I don't know where it all went wrong for me, Israel. I've just been praying one prayer, one simple prayer, and it just seems like God couldn't even answer that one prayer that I've been praying for for the past few months or maybe even for the past few years. Maybe you say the craziness and the chaos of Christmas isn't something that you look forward to. I want to say this to you. Merry Christmas. Wherever you find yourself, because the glory of God is shining around you and in the middle of it all. And he's saying to you, I love you. And he's not waiting for you to get to him. He knew that was an impossibility. And so he bridged the gap all the way to where you are. Spiritual left field, I'm coming to you. In the darkness, I'm coming to you. In the valley of the shadow of death, I'm coming to you. He's going to where you are. And he's saying, I want to be there with you. I want to put my arms around you. Because on that night, humanity held the baby. But on this night, the baby is holding you. As I come to a close, I hope you get to experience the miracle you are praying for. I really do. But while you wait for the, it to arrive, while you wait for the miracle to arrive, 
please also realize that you are a miracle. Million little miracles. That there's a million little miracles happening all around us. The journey itself is made up of of million little miracles that have led you to this moment. That while you wait for your miracle to arrive, realize that you are a miracle and that you are surrounded by a million little miracles. Every one of us here are a living, breathing miracle. And your story is like none other. The things that you have had to overcome, not just this year, but in your life's journey, it is a miracle that you are even here. If people knew that all that you have been through and see you still standing, there's only one word to describe it. It's a miracle. We are surrounded by a million little miracles. You are surrounded by a million little miracles. I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. I can't even count them all. And maybe you're on a six mile journey to a miracle and it's dark and lonely. And you don't know if you can go another mile, another month, another year. Hear me when I say it is the same God that made a shepherd boy courageous, whose love endures through generations, the one who opened up the ocean, the one whose favor rests upon the lonely. It is the same God that is here today to birth in you a miracle that this world needs. May you have a Christmas like no other this year. Six miles to Christmas, six miles to a miracle. Don't give up. It's coming. If it's impossible, good, because that's what God specializes in. It is in the impossible. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, God, for the story that is this miraculous, scandalous birth. God, that even through the journey you thought of us, you left all these little things, Lord, that speak to us even now. So I thank you, Lord, for using the story of the birth, Lord, of our Savior to speak to us this morning. Lord, for the six-mile journey that we're on, that some of us are on, that some of us, Lord, are, have been on or feel like we've been on for so long. I pray, God, that we would not get discouraged. They were so close. I pray for that married couple, Lord, that is struggling. That you would meet them at that living room and that dinner table for that person that got diagnosed, Lord, for, from something that maybe put a, has their days counted. They haven't shared it yet. I pray that you would show yourself faithful in that situation. I pray for the person that is struggling financially, Lord, but won't say nothing, God. And they're doing their best to stay afloat. I pray, Lord, for a miracle. And I pray for 
the family is ready to be parents and they're still waiting for a miracle. God, that while we wait for that miracle, that we would understand, Lord, and, and realize that we are surrounded by millions of little miracles, that we ourselves are a miracle. I know, I know we look at ourselves and we, we, we see all the defects, we see all our shortcomings, and even through that, and even through it all, Lord, you, you still call us a miracle. So I pray that our, our vision would be cleared this morning, God, that we would see us the way you see us, Father, that we would embrace the miracles that surround us, Lord, that we would walk in joy because you haven't left us. And maybe our journey is just setting the stage to create an environment that will sustain the miracle when it arrives. Because you are the same God. You have never felt us and you won't start now, Lord. May this Christmas, Lord, this season be the best season some of, some of your children have had in a very long time, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.